0: So welcome to this edition of Seen and Solved. I'm Tim Pennington, your host. And, you know, the last couple months, uh, a lot of EPA regulations uh, around solvents uh, seems to be coming down the pike month after month, it seems like, Uh, and, and it's getting more stringent. And I'm sure it's causing manufacturers to think, you know, what can they do to clean their parts? Today we have two people uh, with us who are gonna help us explain that, uh, explain it to manufacturers and, and processors. You're listening to the Scene and Solve Podcast brought to you by Hubbard Hall. Better results, less chemistry. Uh, today we have Jeff Beard, the Product and Business Development Manager for Jayco Cleaning Technologies. And we have Mike Valenti, Director of Cleaning Technologies for Hubbard Hall. Welcome gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Yeah, so it, when we talk about you know cleaning, it seems like in the last six or seven months, it's it's coming out like a, a a fire hose with a lot of what EPA regulations and moving parts of what's you know what's going to be allowed and what's going to be uh, maybe discontinued and such. Before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about how you all have come to kind of work together a little bit. Uh, there's some seems like to be there's some energies between Hubbard Hall Products and and JCO Cleaning Technologies. Tell, talk us a little about that.
1: I, you know, when I normally speak about this specific subject, which is people that want to move away completely from solvent degreasing to aqueous cleaning. One of the things I always talk about is as a chemical supplier, there are certain problems we can solve with the chemistry, but the chemistry itself can't compensate for all the properties you need to clean with aqueous solutions. So equipment is, is another side of the equation that you need because you need different types of equipment to get the same result you're getting with solvent in a degreaser today. So it takes not just chemistry, but the proper equipment to be able to make that conversion. And so that that's why working with Jeff, it's important that we we talk about this as a process replacement and not just chemical replacements yeah
0: same thing jeff i guess like i said you all make the equipment it, it's really a lot to do with the chemistry that's going to be utilized in it correct
2: absolutely you know i think that uh, mike and i get along really well in this subject um he mentioned process and at the end of the day this is absolutely about the process it's about Seeing and matching a chemistry to the soils, and then that chemistry to the piece of equipment, and the chemistry and the equipment today have to have to work together, and it's incumbent upon us as suppliers, both of us, um, both of our companies, to provide that knowledge and information to customers, um, so that they understand, you know, why is this chemistry the best for my uh, materials compatibility as well as soil removal, and then. How is it going to operate in this washer that I'm looking at, and you know at the, unfortunately today you know when when we all got in this business a long time ago, there was specific cleaning people um dealt with cleaning every day the cleaning guy, so to speak unfortunately, that guy you know not a lot of those people today specifically are able to focus only on cleaning they rely on Hubbard Hall they rely on Jaco to provide that knowledge and the process
0: yeah like I said yeah it's it's kind of a marriage of the two technology the equipment and then uh, what's being used to help run that equipment but Jeff uh, these uh, to walk us through a little bit about the technology behind you the uh, Jaco's rotary basket parts washer I know it's a kind of a really nice footprint for a, for a facility but walk us through uh, uh, all the, the components and what it does sure
2: so I, I've been calling these um, aqueous single chamber vacuum cleaning systems. Um these systems today really are taking a lot of the standard um, technology that's been used in equipment and combining it all into one system. So within a system, we do spray, we do flood, we do immersion with or without ultrasonics, and then we add vacuum to that which we can use to enhance the cleaning and rinsing process as well as, well as vacuum drying. So. You know, these systems today have lots of technology added into them, um, which makes makes the process highly effective as we look at the broad range of soils, as we look at cleaning 3D printed parts. Because of the vacuum, we're able to do a, a much better job of cleaning than we could with standard immersion ultrasonics or just a spray washer.
0: So, let's go to Mike. I mean, what what type of Helbert uh, Hall chemistry uh, would you pair with with this type of equipment and, and why would you use that type?
1: so one of the one of the benefits that solvent degreasing has always had is the the cleaning agents, the solvents are universal. So for, for example, if I've got brass parts, steel parts, aluminum parts, I can put all those parts in a in a degreaser, whether it's vacuum or vapor, and I can clean all those different alloys with one solvent system because the solvents don't react with the metals. They're compatible with all the metals. So when we talk about the types of chemistry, we want to make it as close to that as possible when people go to aqueous cleaning to give them again, a single chemistry because that's what they're used to, right? So with most aqueous cleaning systems, if we didn't have, if you don't have some of the technology that, that Jayco has put in, you might need separate tanks. You might need more than one wash process because you got to wash different incompatible alloys and in the chemicals. So what we're looking to do is put chemistry in that is, first of all, we don't want to replace one hazard with another. So we want to put chemistry in there that's got low hazards. Okay. That can clean all metal types safely without attack. Um, We want to be able to separate the soil. So we want chemistries that, help remove the soils from the cleaner bath. And because we are now counting on a lot of more mechanical action to do the cleaning spray and ultrasonics, you know, the flooding, we have to have low foam profiles because now we're doing a lot more agitation. We're doing a lot more mechanical, what we call mechanical cleaning. So, we really want cleaners that are environmentally safe, safe to workers because we don't want to we don't want them to trade one hazard for another. And we want something that is universal just like solvents are universal because that makes the transition for those customers a lot easier if they have one cleaner that they can use to clean all their parts. So our our goal is 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 to use, is to have cleaners that specifically meet all those criteria. The other thing is that's really important in solvent cleaning, one of the other benefits is the parts come out of the degreasers residue free because the solvents themselves don't have any components that can leave a residue behind on the surface. So we want aqueous cleaners that also rinse very easily and don't leave a lot of excess residues because in medical applications, um, specifically if you have residue on the parts they they're not going to be able to tolerate that so the other thing we want is is you know leave, leave nothing behind on the parts as well if possible
0: you know jeff i was just i was looking at your site you guys got some really nice photography of of the of this equipment nice footprint like i said all really there uh, tell us how this is different from uh, other solvent equipment options like i said considering price and footprint and those type of things
2: Sure. If you were to look at this uh, technology, um, you know it's all confined within a box, much like the um, vacuum vapor degreasing systems that have become so popular today in the U.S. Um, Our difference is we use aqueous technology versus some uh, solvent, whether they're using modified alcohol or the hydrocarbons. You know, we're using the aqueous media. Um, So similar, you know, footprints. um, The Really big difference between the two processes, if you were to compare them, is the temperature of the parts coming out of the process. Um, The parts coming out of the aqueous process are 94 to 95 degrees Fahrenheit at the skin temperature. So customers are able to handle those parts virtually immediately because the parts are not too hot to touch. Where with the vacuum vapor degreasing processes, those parts are coming out exceptionally hot and require time to cool before they can move on through the process.
0: Not good for throughput, right? Not good for quick throughput on third things, right?
2: Not good for throughput. And if you have parts that are sensitive to measurement, right, if they have to have specific, you know, measurements, um, that, that heat can affect those measurements. Again, requiring more cool time. So we're really able to um, push a lot more parts through the process because, you know, it's in and out, it's push a button, the door opens, closes, parts going dirty, come out clean and dry. Obviously a vast oversimplification of the process, but, you know, we're able to do that in a, you know, a 10, 15 minute process, depending upon the parts and the soils and all those things. So it's a it's a very similar to an to a solvent process, but again, aqueous. And I think this is, again, the technology Aqueous cleaning has been viable for, since Freon went away 30 plus years ago. Um, the aerospace industry did a really good job of going to aqueous cleaning in, the, in immersion processes there's cabinet washers a lot typically. But aqueous I think has, has always run into this problem of the drying. Um, how do I dry my parts? And as, and as industry has miniaturized components, Ah, uh, with 3D printing with the chamber, you know, very small, intricate chambers. Uh, what they're able to do with printing today, it really aqueous. You know, some might look at aqueous and say it's just not viable for these really high-end, miniaturized processes. When in fact, with this technology today, because of the vacuum, you know, we're able to clean all of those parts that in the past generally would have been considered. A solvent only process.
0: Yeah, options are great with that. And uh, uh, Mike, you know, uh, how's this different from other solvent uh, alternatives? I know we've read a lot about modified alcohols and those types of things, but how is it different?
1: Well, you know, so the modified alcohol specifically, um, you know, they work, you know, you can, first of all, you can only use those in a vacuum degreaser, right? So you can't use, so you cannot replace, so someone that's doing vapor degreasing, and, and wants to replace that equipment, their capital cost to replace that piece of equipment with a true vacuum system designed to run modified alcohols is going to be extremely high, much higher than say the, the technology Jayco's offering because the engineering required to recycle the solvent is, and, and, and the compatibility seals is much higher. Um, Modified alcohols like, like all solvents won't clean everything well. They clean some things very well and there's certain things they don't clean well. Um, so what we're talking about now is, is, and we, and we don't know what the future holds for any solvents, right? So, you know, the day they ban water, we're all in trouble, right? So, what we what we tell what we tell customers you know when they ask and call they say well can you you know can you guarantee me that if i switch to an azeotrope solvent or a modified alcohol that those are not going to be regulated in five to ten years and what i tell them is i can't guarantee you that because the epa's bias is still to try to eliminate solvents So moving someone to aqueous cleaning directly solves that problem. So really, you know, technically, yes, do they clean? Yes. Is the equipment viable? Does it work? Yes. But if somebody really wants to move away and take the risk out of their operation in the future, not knowing what the next regulation is going to be, then move to water-based cleaning so to me that's the biggest thing is the biggest difference is really the risk in the future like you make the change to water-based cleaning now you don't have to worry about what solvent regulations coming down the pike in five or ten years you're asking someone possibly to make a you know six figure at least investment in a new vacuum system And you can't guarantee that in five or 10 years, they're not going to have to replace it again. Right? So why not go ahead? If you're going to, if you're going to make that investment, make it into a system, you know, is going to last for a long time. Right. Not
0: on anybody's radar to be studied and maybe uh, removed with that.
1: Then the only true risk is what chemistries do they regulate in aqueous cleaning? Well, we have a lot more options to offer an aqueous cleaning than there are solvents so there's going to come a point where they regulate solvent there aren't going to be any non-regulated solvent options possibly but aqueous cleaning we have a lot more we have a lot more tools in our toolbox to make formulations that we can offer that get a, that 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 answer any type of regulatory concerns
2: I think that's the great thing that the chemical industry has really done is marched forward with technology as well. The surfactants and technology available for Mike and his team to make chemistries with has changed so much in the past few years. It helps with the soil removal. It helps with the oil splitting, the environmental impact, um, you know, second to none today compared to the old chemistries, if you will. Right. So, so, the the technology on on the chemistry side has changed every bit as much as on the equipment side and i think that's why it's working so well together today for this type of process to so what mike said with you know talking to customers trying to get out of vapor decreasing open tops you know i t- i talk about short term and long term you know for the short term sure a trans blend of some sort is absolutely likely better than using trichloroethylene or n-propyl bromide but long term there's as a chlorinated solvent those solvents the way the epa is acting today likely have a shelf life and and you know look at the long term plan budgeting plan the testing required to make a process change so you have time to do it so you don't have to do it real quick when when the ball drops And then you're a hundredth in line because that's, that could honestly happen. You know, there's only so many manufacturers of equipment. The long, the line is going to get long if, if it really goes bad for solvents.
0: You know, we, we, you mentioned water and, and uh, I had a shop owner tell me one time, the most expensive chemical he uses is water right? There's a lot of it sometimes. Uh, What do you say to people who are concerned about the amount of water that sometimes is used in this equipment or is there a concern? So these systems
2: uh, have oil removal integrated into into them. So assuming that the oil is able to be split, um, straight oils, um, you can split And your life of your chemistries is gonna be significant because we're doing filtration and oil removal, which greatly extends the life of those chemistries. On the rinse side, uh, we can do implement um, simple carbon ion exchange systems into the process and reuse rinse waters. So, you know, the days of water coming in and immediately going out to drain, I think that's all I understand there's a lot of places that still do that, maybe in plating, but with this type of process, we're doing all we can to to really mitigate waste, if you will. We want the chemistry to run as long as we can. We want the, the rinse water to use as little as necessary. And again, having chemistries built for this type of equipment that are effectively rinsed, that means we have Less water usage during the rinse process, which means we're going to use less water overall. So it really does all work together, truly synergistically today. Um, the way these the way these processes are put together.
0: Yeah, and you know you mentioned long term solutions. Is this something you all both take uh, assumption that this is really the best long safe long term solution that's out there, right?
1: It is because there's an unknown. So when, when customers or prospects call me and tell, you know, tell me what's gonna happen to solvents in five years, my answer is, I don't know. Um, what we do know is the EPA has made it clear that they will, they will, whatever the replacement is, for, so let's say whatever the, let's just say that modified alcohols becomes the global standard for replacing TCE in vacuum degreasing, okay? once enough people start using that and the volumes are significant they're going to start looking hard at that because that's that's their job is to look at what are people using and what are the risk associated they're, they're always going to be doing a risk assessment on whatever people are using whatever the whatever the highest volume product is so we don't know the answer to that question but we do know we do know that aqueous cleaning, from a safe, from a environmental standpoint, if we're not dumping stuff down the drain, which is, which is easily controlled, right? Like Jeff said, if someone today wants to do zero discharge of water, we have customers that discharge even outside of Jeff's type of equipment. They can discharge zero water. There's a cost associated with that. But if that's the concern, there's a lot of technology available to deal with recycling water. Right. But we know, we know that water vapor coming out of just machine machine is not going to be an issue that the EPA is ever going to be concerned about, but organic solvents, any of them at some point could get on their radar and could be regulated but we don't know the answer to that so it's it's a risk
0: yeah i was gonna say it's at risk hanging over those people and uh it's it's something i know a lot of owners a lot of manufacturers just they don't want the risk they don't want that
1: so we have customers we have a lot of customers that do standard you know just regular vapor degreasing in a, in a chamber a vacuum chamber And they'll call me and they'll say, and they're running, let's say they're running TC and they'll say, what's a replacement? And I'll say, well, if you don't want to buy new equipment, maybe it's one of these, um, you know, fluorinated blends. And then they'll say, well, can, can you guarantee me? I say, all I can guarantee you is they're going to clean the parts. And they say, well, what if I just don't want to deal with solvents at all? So we hear this, like, just get me Sometimes I hear this will just get me out of solvents completely. Okay. Well, if I hear that, then I know that I can't just sell them a cleaner that's going to get them out of solvents. Right? So then it's like, okay, they need equipment that's going to be able to help them do all the other things they need to do to get the same level of cleanliness. So, um, that's usually my answer. To people, and the, and there are people that just flat out say, "I don't want to have to worry about this ever again." Help me get out of it. So that's where working with with Jayco. That's where that's where, where the rubber meets the road here, because we can't do it by ourselves.
0: You know, and it's funny, Jeff. You mentioned earlier, you know, the 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 person that was in charge of cleaning and things like that, and you don't see that anymore, right? It's it's a sort of a communal responsibility, and it seems like systems like this would really help uh, is w- with the support and technology support and, and service that you guys provide really makes it easier for these facilities to have this type of equipment, right? I mean, it, to they don't have to find somebody who's a specialist in this and hire this person to come and do this. It's really something that I, I think it makes it a simpler process for them overall to run.
1: Jeff talked about how in vapor degreasing or vacuum degreasing, people put a basket in and they push a button and then the parts just come back clean. Well, that that's what they expect. Right. So, so if you move them to an aqueous system and now they have all this complexity and all this extra stuff, they got to monitor and do it's very difficult. So if you have an aqueous system where they put the basket in, push the button and the parts come out clean and dry to them, it doesn't really, in the end, they don't care what the the solvent is in the system. In, In this case, the solvent is water right? They just want clean parts. So the easier you can make it to push the button and the basket comes back out with clean parts, the more likely they are to, to listen to you.
0: Right. Integrate this into their system. Right. Yeah. Especially with, like I said, it's, uh, you know, it's tough, you know, workforces are are tougher to hire for some people. They're looking for that, the people in cross train, just to kind of come in and not be an expert, but be able to manage that system that's there. So it seems like it's a very viable solution for a lot of facilities that may be needing this.
2: Absolutely, I think that, and again, going to go into the technology and talking about you know, maintaining, we let technology do that today. So we integrate conductivity meters into the rinse water to monitor the rinse water for, you know, set levels for cleanliness to customer requirements. With the chemical part of it, we do automatic chemical feeds, again, monitored by conductivity. So we've done as much as we can to take the worker, if you will, out of having to do a lot of hands-on with the process to make it as easy as possible. So you have the system monitoring everything that needs to be monitored, the, the people literally bring the basket to the system, push the button, walk away, come back when it's done, and, and that that part of it, because it's easy to train someone for that, right? So with today's worker shortage still, you know, kind of unbelievable today, um, companies are able to really easily cross-train. If, if the guy, person that usually does this job isn't here today, you can easily bring someone else in to do this because the training is pretty quick and simple. Push the button, right? <laughs>
1: <All> right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there's another pattern we see. So a lot of big facilities in the past let's let's take a shop that's that's machining i'm a machining brass parts machine brass right they'll have all their C machines in a room cutting all these parts and they'll have a giant washer somewhere in another room across the plant and all these parts go to this big washer or degreaser whatever the system is and they're cleaning everything through there and they you know, if they have downtime, if they have problems, then that becomes a bottleneck typically, right? So one of the things we see now is, is people now are starting to say, we're gonna clean these parts, we're gonna do it in a, a cell configuration. So we've got two or three machines, machining, par- cutting parts, and they want a system right there that the parts then go in, they're cleaned immediately, right? They don't sit around. So instead of having these giant washers, they're trying to clean everything. They build, um, they build cells because it reduces, um, you know, the time that the lubricants on the parts, which is, which can be a problem. Um, It reduces labor transporting the parts around and you need, so you need more compact systems to do that. So these types of systems lend themselves for this cell manufacturing where they really want to do everything in a, in a cell together. Want to machine them, clean them, they're ready to go to whatever else, whether they're packaged or they go get plated somewhere else or whatever. So she don't have a, you know, giant cleaning department anymore that you're, you're hoping can get all these parts through these, these giant washers. So this type of technology, because it is more compact, it uses less water, You don't need long series of tanks lends itself more to this lean type of manufacturing process.
2: Yeah. And we have a customer taking it a step farther and integrating a robot into the middle of that cell. And literally the robot moves the parts through the entire process. So, you know, that's going to continue to robots in manufacturing are going to continue to advance the capabilities. and I think we'll see a lot more of the cell specifically with robots being integrated
0: smart cleaning who would have thought right there you go well listen I, I appreciate it thank you all this is a sounds like a very good partnership of of, of working with Hubbard Hall and also a Jayco cleaning technology so uh, Jeff and Mike I, I certainly appreciate you taking time out and explaining that to us all thank
1: you Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. The Scene and Sound podcast is brought to you by Hubbard Hall. For more podcasts, visit HubbardHall.com or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe, rate and review, and join us on social media. Produced by Allcast.